0: Good Sunday morning. It is my pleasure to welcome all of you here today and those of you watching at home on our church YouTube channel to the First Universalist Unitarian Church of Wassa. My name is Sarah Thurs, and I've been attending this church for a little over 18 years now. And I know this because my daughter, Juliana, was two years old when we were walking by, and all the church construction was going on. And we saw the chain link fence around the parking lot. And there was a banner at the top. And it read, Room for Different Beliefs yours. And I thought, that sounds intriguing. I need to see what that's all about. So the next Sunday, I came to church. And let me just tell you, I was hooked. So if you're new here today, please know that since 1858, this church, First Universalist Unitarian Church of Lhasa, truly practices what it preaches. And while we may have liberal leanings, please know that everyone is welcome here. We do indeed have room for all beliefs. To our visitors and our friends and members, I'd like you to know how truly happy we are to have you joining us at this service today. And not only on Sundays, we'd also like to have you join us during the week. We have several events and classes that you can partake in. You can learn about those in our email newsletter, on our website under upcoming events, or follow us on Instagram or Facebook. I also have a few church announcements that they asked me to read. Today and next Sunday at 1130, so directly after the service, there will be listening sessions with the board in Yaki Hall. We also invite you to get some holiday shopping done. You can support fair trade and feel good about the gifts that you're giving this season by shopping for fair trade coffee, chocolate, cocoa, and now even cashews in the atrium after the service both today and next sunday you'll find many fun gifts to choose from and as i'm looking at that list i'm thinking of the people on mine we've got coffee for the bitter people on my christmas list it seems we've got chocolate and cocoa for the sweet people and now it seems we even have cashews for the nuts i have to buy for so i mean did i not just get done telling you that at this church we embrace everyone i love it just saying there's the proof i'd say it's in the pudding but it's in the fair trade gifts apparently And finally, the deadline to select a poinsettia for memorials is this Wednesday, December 13th. Please consider making a $25 donation to go towards this holiday tradition in honor or in memory of someone you hold dear. Your memorial message will be printed in the Christmas Eve order of service. You can sign up for a poinsettia memorial in our email newsletter, through our social media, or with our congregational administrator. And so as we begin our service now together, please rise and extend peace and blessings to one another. And let us gather our hearts and our minds as we collectively recite today's chalice lighting. The words are in your order of service. We light this chalice for the light of truth, the warmth of love, and the fire of commitment. We light this symbol of our faith as we gather together. Please rise and body your spirit as able for our opening hymn, number 163, For the Earth Forever Turning.
1: There we go. So this morning, I'm gonna offer up for your viewing pleasure this dramatic reenactment of Waiting Is Not Easy by Mo Willems. Gerald, I have a surprise for you. (gasps) Yay, what is it? The surprise is a surprise. Is it big? Yes. Is it pretty? Yes. Can we share it? Yes. Oh, I cannot wait. You will have to. wait why the surprise is not here yet. So I will have to wait for it? Yes. (sighs) Oh well, if I have to wait, I will wait. I'm waiting. Waiting is not easy. Piggy, I wanna see the surprise now. I'm sorry, Gerald, but we, we must wait.
2: Mm. Nope.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. I'm done waiting. I do not think your surprise is worth waiting at all. I will not wait anymore. Okay, I will wait some more. It will be worth it. (sighs) Piggy. We have waited too long. It is getting dark. It's getting darker. Soon we will not be able to see each other. We won't be able to see anything. We have wasted. The whole day. Well, um, we've waited, and waited, and waited, and waited, and for what? For that. That was worth the wait. I know. Tomorrow morning, I want to show you the sunrise. Oh, I can't wait. Thank you. And that is our story for today. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Our preschoolers through sixth graders are invited downstairs to work on a holiday project or they may stay in worship with their families. I'm going to invite everyone here to bless those going down to RE and those remaining in the sanctuary with our children's song. The words are printed in your order of worship.
3: Let the mystery be solved. Those of you that are looking up front wondering about Brian Mason, I am not Brian Mason. Brian's ill today and consequently, we put our heads together and said, we're gonna have a service. We'll leave all the elements as they are but someone is going to have to be up there doing those parts that Brian would have done. You're looking at him. So all those of you who came today expecting to hear a reading by someone whose name I cannot pronounce and a sermon on a season's best savored slowly, you may leave now if you wish. If you want to stay, for the rest of the service, I think there'll be some things that will be of value to you that I will share with you now and a little bit later. Meditation. I picked this morning a reading by the Reverend Gretchen Haley. Gretchen Haley is the UU one of the UU ministers at Foothills UU Church in Fort Collins, Colorado. And she wrote these words as a call to worship. But when I read them, for me, they really had a meditative quality. So I'm sharing them this morning as a meditation. Make yourself comfortable, as Brian would say, feet flat on the floor. Take a breath, clear your head. Gretchen Wiley's Surrender to This Life. Give up the fight for some other moment, some other life than here and now. Give up the longing for some other world, the wishing, for some other choices to make, other songs to sing, other bodies, other ages, other countries, other stakes. Purge the past, forgive the future, for each come too soon. Surrender only to this life, this day, this hour, not because it does not constantly break your heart, but because it also beckons with beauty, startles with delight it if we only keep waking up. This is the gift we have been given. These body clothes, this heartbreak, this pulse, this breath, this light, these friends, this hope. Here we remember ourselves, all a part of it all, giving thanks together. In this spirit of togetherness, Let each of us silently call to mind and surrender to what we have been given today, whether heartbreak or hope. Amen. And now, let's join together in our meditation hymn number 108, you may remain seated. My heart goes on in endless song. If you're so inclined, please come up and light a candle. Thank mm-hmm.
0: The mission and ministry of UUWASA is made possible by the generous support of its friends and its members. You can place a gift in the basket as it passes by or stop by our website, uuwasa.org to make a one-time gift or recurring gift with your credit or debit card. And please, let's remember why we give. We give to remind ourselves of the many gifts we have to offer. We give to remember that we're part of something bigger than ourselves. We give because we believe in music and in sacred space. We give with a faith that together we have enough. Thank you for your generous support of this church, both today and as you fill out your 2024 pledge form. It's important that we support this amazing work that this church does for us all and for our local community.
3: The reading I will share today is written by someone whose name I can pronounce Forrest Church. Now some of you are familiar who Forrest Church is and some of you are not. Church was the senior minister at All Souls Unitarian Universalist Church in New York City for almost 30 years. And Church Wrote a book entitled *Love and Death*, subtitled My Journey, Through the Sh- *My Journey Through the Valley of the Shadow*. About a year before his eventual death, and Church, when he had, when he wrote this, had announced to his congregation that he had terminal illness. And late in this book. Church shared these words. Death, I have said time and again from this pulpit, is not life's enemy. With birth, it is the hinge on which life as we know it, each individual unique, ephemeral, and therefore precious, turns. Every minister, Who's paying the slightest bit of attention spends a lifetime preparing for death's exam. A year ago this month, just how strong the theological foundation I had built for myself met the test. With compelling reason to believe that my number had been called I finally had a chance to see if the balm I had brought over the years to the bedrooms of your loved ones would salve my own fresh wound. During the days after my diagnosis, through my brain, as if on a moibus strip, cycled my theological mantras, and these are all the things that Church had written religion is our human response to the dual reality of being alive and having to die we are the religious animal knowing that we must die we cannot help but answer questions about what life means we are more alike in our ignorance than we differ in our knowledge god Is not God's name God is our name for which is for that which is greater than all and yet present in each whether or not there is life after death surely there is love after death the one thing that can never be taken from us even by death is the love we give away before we die. And finally, the purpose of life is to live in such a way that our lives will prove worth dying for. A church went on to say, one year later, after he had this diagnosis and started to give thought to it, each of these propositions stands unchallenged unchallenged at the heart of my faith. And yet, he wrote, they are not what got me through my time of trial. The consolation they offered was intellectual, not emotional. My soul needed something more bracing than my own soaring rhetoric. So I returned to the mantra, by which I have attempted to guide my life since shortly after 9-11. Want what you have. Do what you can. Be who you are. Here ends the reading. How fortunate we are. Margaret, Randy, thank you for sharing your talents with us. thought about how to start this this morning, and maybe it's best to just admit that what you are about to hear is the rough draft of a dress rehearsal. Now, early yesterday afternoon, as I pondered opening an email message that had as its, in its subject line in large capital letters something that made me a little suspect. It said, time-sensitive. I always wonder about that kind of thing, right? Time-sensitive. And then it came from it said, Brian A. at UUW, that's all it said, and Cheryl, just Cheryl was on there, and I've been getting a bunch of spam messages from Cheryl about asking for all kinds of things for money or whatever else, and I really, I actually said to Ann, Ann, come in here a minute, and, but before she could come in, the phone rang, and it was Jess calling me to see if I had seen the email from Brian about his being ill, and needing to have a stand-in for tomorrow's service. So, I opened the email, and Brian had made a few suggestions about what perhaps could be done, basing some of them on some of what he'd sort of intended to talk about today. But he said he'd leave it up to the worship committee to decide what to do. And Jess had been thoughtful and she'd pulled a short message off the UUA worship web that she thought might work this morning. And I told her I needed to give it a little bit of thought. So let me consider the options and get back to you and Cheryl. And I didn't realize it then, but my mind really was following what would end up being the core of the message for today? I emailed, I emailed Jess and Cheryl that I'd take care of the Brianless parts of the service today. I started thinking about what I would speak about, and my mind went to January 1st of this year, 11. 2023 was a Sunday morning, and I led the service in the atrium. And what I talked about that Sunday were three church-related wishes that I had for 2023. And I thought about, well, how about tomorrow completing that circle? What about, you know, talking about what had come to pass pass on the first one, green burial? And we have ID'd three possible sites, and we have strongly are considering two others. And what about that second wish about growing the Wednesday the New Yorker group, Noon Swoon group? And that's happened as well with John and Bart now coming to share their insights with Louis and Brian and me. And how about that third wish about reviving the men's group? And That's definitely off the ground. Last week we had 15 plus, last week, week before, 15 plus guys here, and thanks to Jerry and to Brian, it's gonna happen. This coming Thursday, we're gonna start discussing in earnest. So maybe I had a start of a message to talk about wishes coming true. So I decided to look up on the worship web for some kinds of readings. Worship was a great resource for readings and all sorts of things for services and used it many times. So I decided to go out there and see what I could find about some ideas maybe related to wishing. And my searching quickly put me on to a different path. Because what happened when I went out there was I hit on a series of services, sermons, that were done by, by Peter Fry, uh, Frychecks, who had written about Forest Church's mantra. Now, Church's mantra is something that long ago I had fully embraced and committed to memory. And suddenly, as I thought about today, it just felt right. Because what I really sensed that what was going to occur fit with church's mantra. Want what you have. What I probably was really wanting, a little challenge to enliven and to focus my mind. See if you can pull off a service by tomorrow morning. Do what you can. Now, the view from this pulpit is not something that is unfamiliar to me. I first came up here and started delivering services 45 years ago, something like that. So I felt like, I think I can make this happen. And nobody's going to be looking for a miracle this morning. And finally, be who you are. If you're going to do it, if you're going to do this service, Make the message reflect you. Save Brian's idea for a day when he can deliver that message. And hold on Jess's thoughtful suggestion. And use the worship web as you always have used it, because every time I use it, what I do is I look for something that speaks to me that I can embrace. SO THAT'S WHAT I DECIDED I WOULD DO THIS MORNING. THANK YOU, FOREST CHURCH. NOW, IF I'D PUT A TITLE TO THIS MESSAGE, IT PROBABLY WOULD HAVE BEEN SOMETHING LIKE FOLLOWING A WISE MAN'S GUIDING STAR. NOW, SOMEWHERE BETWEEN 30 AND 40 YEARS AGO, The word got out around Wausau that I enjoyed doing the impossible. Speak with classes of high school students about the importance of taking care of their health. And more audaciously, trying to give them some ways to make that happen. Now one of the seeds that I would cast towards these fertile minds attempting to cultivate health within people who could think (laughs) about all kinds of things, but not that. One of the things I talked about was the importance of taking the time to consciously incorporate into their being a philosophy of life. I didn't use exactly those words as I said that to them, but that was the idea. I still wonder if any of those seeds took root. But I suspect that all of you, the people I'm speaking to today, are more open to this idea, this idea of developing a philosophy of life. And like a faith development, Personal philosophy creation really is a lengthy process. It's probably a never-ending one, but one that's most worthwhile. Why? Also thinking back on that January 1 of this year, I shared in part of that message the fact that I'd asked for a book for Christmas written by an MIT philosopher named Kiryan Setia And Kiryan Setia titled his 2020 book on how philosophy can help us find a way. He titled his book, Life is Hard. And it is hard. That's one of the reasons why developing a philosophy can be really helpful. Now, although I am a classic do-it-yourself, I don't need need much help kind of person, asked my wife, I decided today, and I confess to you, that in the spirit of the season of wise men and wise women, I would call on the help of a modern-day wise man probably the most prolific UU theologian of the late 20th and early 21st century for his church. Church supplied the guidance that is really at the heart of this message. And I'll also be drawing on the words from those sermons that I mentioned that were delivered by the Reverend Peter Friedrich. Jeff Friedrich is the minister at UU Church of Delaware County, which, anybody know where that is? Sounds like it should be in Delaware. It's in Pennsylvania. And he was moved to write a series of three sermons on church's mantra. Now, I don't have time to go through all those sermons today, so what I did is I just sort of gleaned some things out of each one of them, and I thought, again, really spoke to me and I thought would would fit this morning. And he wrote these messages just a few months after Church, as he had publicly said it would, Church's esophageal cancer ended his life at age 61. I often identify with Church because Forest Church was just a few months older than I was, so all kinds of parallels were going on at that time, and I can remember very distinctly that period. And actually, Ann and I had gone to, we were in New York City celebrating our 35th wedding anniversary in 2008, and we went to All Souls to just see that church, that building, that structure where church was preaching. And it was moving, being there, and this whole process was moving, but I still think through all of this, those words that church has expressed were probably the most important ones to me. So I'm going to try to pull some things now from that, those messages that were written, that I pulled off the UU web today to share with you, that I think have hopefully meaning somewhere aligned for each of you. And actually, Church in this book, Love and Death, he went into he went went into these, into his mantra to talk about him, and he sort of reversed the order when he talked about him. He took the last one and started first and went through them that way. I'm gonna go through them in order as they were written, um, and as these service these sermons were delivered. And the first one, again, this first part of this mantra is want what you have. And wanting what we have enables us to live fully in the present. It lets us live fully with an appreciation of all the gifts of our life and an acceptance of those things that we would never consciously wish upon ourselves. Friedrich writes and I ask the question, what does what is it that what we want to have includes and what does it not include what does it not mean And he says it doesn't mean it says, wanting what we have is not about tacitly accepting our fate not accepting our fate or condition it's not about giving up or giving in it doesn't mean that we have to stay in abusive relationships we have to embrace an illness that can and should be aggressively as possible treated. In fact, Church did just that. Church actually, when he got this diagnosis, he was told he only had a few months to live, and he actually underwent experimental treatment, which did extend his life for more than another year, and most people thought he's never going to live that long, and he did, and he actually wrote this book, Love and Death, thinking this was the last thing I'm ever going to write. Church lived long enough to write another book called The Windows of the Cathedral, and I would recommend it to you But, again, wanting what we have doesn't require us just to sit back and take life as it's delivered to us. Wanting what we have, similarly, is not about letting go of the yearnings that we all have, yearnings that we have as human beings. We will always desire more of the good things in life. We'll always do that. But what are those good things? Church would tell us that those good things are more love, deeper connection, greater meaning and purpose. We should always hold on to and seek and embrace those. And wanting what we have does not require us to become boring or dull and just sitting back or to forego being imaginative and creative. We have to remain the imaginers and co-creators of our lives, the caretakers of wonder. Fantasy can be a powerful thing, and wanting what we have just means that we should not become consumed by fantasy. To want what we have is to engage in a really deep, in a deep spiritual practice of appreciation. When we want what we have, we don't take things for granted. Wanting what we have is not a passive exercise. Want, desire, acceptance, and appreciation are acts of volition. Wanting what we have calls us to make a choice between Longing for some other state, some other, perhaps, unspecified place, anywhere but here. Thank you very much. And where we are, living with what we've got, it requires us to actively engage in our lives as they are now, to live our lives with deep meaning and conviction, even if they're not the lives that we might have hoped for ourselves. Or that we'd planned for now church these were church's words now church wrote it is tempting to seek meaning not in what we have but in what we desire church said when we do this we are practicing wishful thinking and he says of the enemies that frustrate our search for meaning This is perhaps the most traitorous. It places fulfillment forever beyond our reach in what we do not have, in what we cannot do, in what we shall never be. Meaning doesn't emerge from longing for what we lack, from things we've lost or will likely never find. Church often approached things from a very simple perspective and yet his writings were always so profound. Church said we should wish to think instead for things closer at hand like the sun's kiss good morning when it breaks through the blinds to inaugurate another miracle, another day. So what about do what you can. Do what you can, again in the words of church, focuses our mind on what is possible. No more, no less, thereby filling each moment with conscious, practicable, practicable, <laughs> practicable, excuse me, endeavor. In this simple statement, church is at once acknowledging that we have the power and control over our destiny, while also acquiescing acquiescing to the limitations and boundaries, the limitations and boundaries that we experience as human beings. Church is really orienting us towards the feasible and the achievable, knowing full well that as individuals, We are limited in our reach and in our scope. And that's reminiscent, there's a short reading in our hymnal of that short reading, because this statement that I just read from church is really reminiscent of a reading in the hymnal written more than a century ago by Edward Everett Hale. And Hale wrote, I am only one, but still, I am one I cannot do everything but still I can do something and because I cannot do everything I will not refuse to do the something I can do my church's phrase do what you can really has a kind of a Buddhist ring to it. It doesn't concern itself with consequences. It asks us to release ourselves from any attachment to outcomes. Do what you can. It's a simple imperative act within the scope of our ability. Don't worry about the impact. That will take care of itself. And while Church was eminently practical in his approach to life, he accepted that life is ultimately, life is ultimately a profound mystery. The topic, by the way, of this week, this month's Men's and the Soul Matters group discussions, mystery. He accepted that life is a profound mystery and that the impact of our lives cannot possibly be known which is very similar to something Ram Das wrote. Das said, we give it all we have and trust the rest to God, to nature, to the universe. We do everything we can to relieve someone's suffering, but we are willing to surrender attachment to how we want things done. In the third part, be who you are. Does the sea come lost? <laughs> A little bit, like I said. Dress rehearsal, rough draft. Don't read the parts that are x off. I can see that's not supposed to happen. Church's third admonition, be who you are. Simply put, he tells us to be who we are is not to fake our existence. To envy another's skills, looks, or gifts, rather than embracing your own, Is to fail in two respects in trying unsuccessfully to be who we aren't we fail to become who we are and why do we spend so much time in our lives trying to be who we're not trying to be like someone else or trying to be someone that someone else thinks or wants us to be makes us to believe that we should be. Now in his book and some of you are quite familiar with Parker Palmer in his book, "Let Your Life Speak," Parker Palmer tells us his journey. Of discovering his true self and he calls his true self the self planted in us by God who who made us in God's own image the self that wants nothing more or less than for us to be who we are created to be now self-discovery takes courage and commitment it's a risky business and Palmer put it this way I know myself to be a person of weakness and strength liability and giftedness darkness and light I now know that to be whole means to reject none of it, to embrace all of it. When we do the hard work of discovering our true and authentic selves, of claiming our whole lives, we are called to live our whole selves. Palmer wrote, embracing one's wholeness makes life more demanding. Because once you do that, once you do that, you must live your whole life. Again, in church's words, be who you are. Now, Friedrichs concluded his comments by saying, to be who we are is to offer the world the greatest gift we can give, to invest our lives and all that we do with sincerity, with authority, with authenticity, with deep commitment, leads us into relationship with other authentic selves, and in entering into those relationships, relationships that are sacred. This is the true meaning of that word. We cannot help but bring our collective power to bear against the forces of injustice when we do this collectively, the forces of injustice and hatred and oppression. There is healing in our collective wholeness. There is healing in our collective wholeness. So I end my thoughts today with, again, thinking of a wish. And my wish for today is that each of us, each of us, finds the courage and the commitment to take the risk to do what we want excuse me, to want what we have, to do what we can, and to be who we are. So be it. A final hymn. Let there be peace on earth. It's in your order of service. Please rise as you're able. out, hold the hand of someone near you as they share these benedictory words with you from Sarah Moores Campbell. We receive fragments of holiness, glimpses of eternity, brief moments of insight. Let us gather them up for the precious gifts that they are and renewed by their grace move boldly into the unknown you may be seated please enjoy the post